David and I are back, and uh, we're continuing our rewatch of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. And what are we watching this time, David? Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. So before we get into the characters and things, uh, I want to ask you, because this is a point in the MCU where I know a lot of critics... Um, and even some fans start to think that the movies have maybe taken a little dip. Like, I think everybody loved Iron Man. I think a lot of people liked Incredible Hulk, but like today, Incredible Hulk has kind of looked back on not as fondly as some of the other movies. And then I know a lot of people have criticism about Iron Man 2 saying that it's all kind of set up for movies that are coming down the pike. And so I guess I wanted to start off with asking you, do you think that's true? Do you think that this movie is mostly just setting up other movies in the future? Or does it actually have an actual story that it's trying to tell on its own? I don't feel that it's simply only setting things up. But I feel like it accurately is depicting what would happen right after Iron Man 1. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit then. So... Um, I guess short answer to my question then is you think that it is telling a story that kind of follows out of the first movie. Yeah. Um, and it isn't just like trying to put pieces in place so that future movies can happen. No, I agree. So I want to talk about Tony, uh, to begin with, because he's kind of, obviously he's the title character. Well, I want to kind of want to talk about the movie itself. Okay. What do you for want to a say? little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, because at the end of Iron Man one, it ends off with, the last main scene in the movie, of course, there's Nick Fury uh-huh. as the post-credit scene. But the last scene of the movie itself is Tony Stark saying, I am Iron Man. Okay. And basically, they leave the rest of that up to the imagination of what happens after that. You could think that what I was probably thinking was that everything was good after that. Everyone knows he's Iron Man. He's able to help people without... I guess uh, having to make up crazy stories about what's going on, he, basically everything's good. And this movie exclaims that that is not the case. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I feel like a lot of things that happen in this movie are very definite things that could that, that would happen in real life if someone said they were a superhero, like Iron Man. That's interesting. That's that's a good point because look, a lot of superhero movies and superhero comics have like the secret identity, and they spend so much time with the hero trying to maintain the secret identity and keep it from uh, his or her friends and family and and the law. And you spend they spend so much time doing that that sometimes you just go, well, "What's the real harm? Like, what would happen? You know, why not just tell everybody?" And this is what happens. And yeah, and this is this is it's a good case for a secret identity in a way. Mm, this is basically the pol- like the pol- cuz we don't really see the problems with not having secret identity, but this movie shows all those problems such yeah. as the government wants your technology, your power now and mm-hmm. other people can make your power now and yeah, old enemies yeah. from your past or your family's mm-hmm. past show up to to get you and they know how to find you now. They know how to yep. how to hurt you. Yeah. Exactly. Good. Yeah. Okay, so so Tony, I want to talk about Tony a little bit um because so how would you describe Tony's personality? He's dying, and because he's dying, he's kind of a jerk for most of the movie. Okay. Like, unintentionally so. Yeah. A little bit intentionally, 
but also a bit unintentionally. Yeah. Like, even in the first movie, like, how would you describe... I want to come back to that, because I, I totally agree. But even in the first movie, how would you describe Tony's personality? Uh, he was in a bad place, and he came out of it with a new mindset. And okay. he was... Like, I feel like I was on Tony's side 100% the entire first movie. Okay. This time, not as much. Yeah. There were definitely some times where I was saying, thinking, all right, Tony, get over it. Just, just stop this. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you look at the fact that he was dying, everything made sense in the long run. What I was thinking in the first movie, I mean, he, he's very selfish. He's, mm-hmm. just, he's a selfish person. Yes. And it, it's funny and, and even charming. The, this, the way that it comes across because he's so confident about it. And I hadn't really thought about this in this movie until you just said it, but the, the fact that he's dying mixed with the fact that he's so selfish, it kind of like becomes his whole thing. And, and, and it would it, for most people. I think if, if you believe that you're dying, it's going to change like the way that you interact with other people and stuff. But mm-hmm. it, it happens in a very negative way for Tony because he is so kind of self-absorbed and self-important. And um, and so, yeah, so when he finds out he's dying, he just kind of becomes a big jerk about mm-hmm. it, uh, to, you know, to everybody because, um, you know, there's nothing else really matters to him. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that selfishness, I think it, it gets, like, we, we really start to see where some of that comes from in this movie. Like, and that's been one of the things that, because we've been watching our way through these and watching them in chronological order. Like we've already, you and I, you know, any viewer uh, has already met Howard Stark. And we, we know <laughs> like we've said several times on this podcast that Howard and Tony are almost the same character. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, it, it kind of becomes even more clear in this movie. Like there's really, there's an intentional connection by the writers. That it's not just something that Tony just kind of, inherited accidentally like genetically inherited from his his dad but he did kind of inherit it because his dad like the we we see some of in this movie like what tony thinks about his dad Mm -hmm. and what he thinks his dad thought about him yeah growing up and that his dad was like from tony's perspective his dad was so selfish and Mm self-absorbed that he didn't have any time for tony and so you can see why Tony is like, okay, if anybody's going to pay attention to me, it's going to have to be me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, um, and so he kind of, it kind of becomes Tony's defining characteristic. Um, and, and really like, I think that's why Tony reveals his identity as Iron Man in the last movie, because he's like, I want people to know that this is me. Like, you know, I want, I want the credit for this. Yeah. I don't want this to be some other you know, my bodyguard or whatever. Um, he wants the credit for it. And I think that's partly what makes him so protective of the Iron Man identity in this movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's not just that he wants to keep it away from the government because he doesn't trust them, which he doesn't. He doesn't trust them. Um, but it's also that he wants to hold on to it for himself. But yeah, he he does let them have it. Uh, what do you mean? When Rhodey, spoiler alert, Rhodey steals an Iron Man suit. Yeah. Um, I think at one point they say, like, he... Tony could have easily stopped Rhodey from taking that suit. Like he might have had, I think he had like a way of disabling it huh. long distancely. Huh. So I think Tony, Tony could have disabled it if he wanted to. Okay. I forgot about that part. I don't remember that, but cause I mean, they have the big fight Yeah, about it 
and but I'm not saying you're wrong. You, you're probably right. You just, your memory is way better than mine about this kind of stuff. But uh, um, you know, it could be like deep down, Tony was okay with with Rhodey having it, even though like his kind of emotional reaction to it was really very bad. And so well, he was just trying to get everyone else in a better spot because he knew he wasn't going to be around for much longer. All right, say more about that. What do you mean? Well, because he knows he's dying, he's trying to help everyone else out, even though it kind of makes him look like even more of a jerk. Okay. Like giving Pepper the title of CEO, it kind of looks like, well, no, I mean, it's a nice thing he's giving her the title of CEO, but he kind of backs off after that and it's more jerkish. But Yeah, I mean, he almost makes it seem like he's doing it because he just doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And, and so he's just kind of being lazy and so like, here, you take this. You, you, Yeah. But what you're saying is that deep down, he really is, he wants to make sure the company's okay. He wants to make sure she's okay. He knows so, that she'll do a good job yeah. doing it. And so yeah. you're saying that with, same with the, with the, the war machine armor that he, he knows if he's not going to be around to be Iron Man anymore. Well, I know Rhodey, I trust Rhodey. And so he, even though he works for the government, he would be a good successor. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me. But this idea that, that Tony knows best, which is, you know, very much part of his personality. It's <laughs> that's going to cause a lot of big problems, uh, in the future movies, especially between him and captain America. Yeah. Because captain America very clearly sees himself as part of something much bigger than himself. And for Tony, I get the feeling that everything else is just a part of him. Yeah. There is which... nothing bigger than Tony. <laughs> and so that's like a major, like ideological difference between Tony and captain America that, mm-hmm. I'm still not sure they have well they they haven't worked through it yet where we are in the movies right now but Iron Man 2 starts to let us see why Tony is the way that he is and and it it builds some empathy toward him I think that uh, that we see that it has a lot to do with his dad and his relationship with his dad (laughs) so yeah that's why I think this is an actual story with, with it's building this character arc for Tony starting in Iron Man 1 and going all the way through Iron Man 3, which we'll talk about another time. But but there is like this development, this progression of his character. And it's, it's and that's really what the movie is about. And while it's doing that, it's also like introducing these other characters and setting up these other, you know, kind of planting the seeds <laughs> and these other plots that are going to pay off yep. down the road too. But those are secondary to this bigger story about who Tony is and mm-hmm. why he is the way that he is. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Pepper. Uh, anything else that you want to say about her and her relationship with Tony? Well, I mean, she's trying. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I don't really know. That's the thing. It's really hard to get everything that Tony's doing. So like we talked about, she becomes the CEO for a while in this. Yeah. Um, she decides that she hates it and that she doesn't really want to do that, but, um, but she tries and uh, and her relationship with Tony gets a little more serious, a little more romantic. Because in the first movie, they weren't really... I mean, they, they kind of had a moment. They started going down that road, but they never really yeah. went down it. Right. Um, but here, you start you get, the, you get the feeling they really are kind of the only person in each other's life who mm. they could maybe feel that way about. And I forget, they don't really... Do they kiss at the end of this movie? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think... Or maybe they were going to, but then Rhodey showed up. Okay. 
wasn't that or maybe i'm misremembering i don't know it's been a while yeah it's been a while since we watched this one um yeah i don't remember specifically either i just i know that they do get more serious and that that progresses into the next movie like they're actually a couple in iron man 3 um okay let's talk about roadie for a little bit so we have a brand new actor playing yes And, and what do you think about that about this we had terrence howard playing him in the first movie now we have don Cheadle. right so um what are your thoughts on that that change i really don't know they do they both do a good job Mm -hmm. i guess i'll say i like don Cheadle more because i've seen him in more stuff but i don't know i kind of feel bad for terrence howard (laughs) yeah i feel the same way when you say you've you've seen don Cheadle in more stuff you're not I mean, obviously you've seen him in more Marvel movies because he. Well, that's mostly what I'm talking about. I guess okay. I've also seen him in Devil in a Blue Dress, but it's mostly yeah. the Marvel movies. And Ocean's Eleven. I don't know if you remember that he was in Ocean's Eleven, but sure, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Um, so you have seen him uh, in more things than, than Terrence Howard. I don't know if we've seen anything else that Terrence Howard. Has no. But uh, but yeah, it, it is a sad story about how Terrence Howard was kind of let go from the series because they did Marvel didn't want to pay him basically what he thought he was worth. So, um, but it's hard to be sad that Don Cheadle is in the movies because no. Cheadle is awesome as well. Yeah. But, uh, what do you think about the character of Rhodey in, uh, in this, does, uh, he, does he feel like the same character as before? Sort of like kind of, he's Tony's buddy. Right. But the problem is, is that you, it's really hard to, because they're not in the same position that they were before. How so? What do you mean? Because this time, Don Shields, or yes, uh, Rhodey, is really forced to be on the government side. You don't really get to see him on Tony's side hmm. in most discussions. I mean, they fight on the same side at the end of the movie, but you don't really get to see him like talking on the same side as Tony at all. Okay. Well, that's kind of how it was they're in kind the first of, movie. They're forced into op. Opposing positions, yeah, I guess. When yeah. that was really the case in the first movie, yeah, I suppose. Like in the first movie, they definitely have like different um, objectives. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the whole like Tony's clearly keeping the Iron Man armor secret from Rhodey yeah. in the first movie because he, I think, because he kind of knows <laughs> that if he reveals it to Rhodey, then it's going to put Rhodey in this position where Rhodey's going to want it for the government or the government will yeah. want it. And so, and that you, yeah. And then, cause I don't know if Rhodey, I never get the feeling that Rhodey really wants to go against Tony, but he's forced into that position. Right. Because of his job. Yeah. 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 And so we really see that come to a head in this movie. Um, and it, it, you know, made a little bit easier for Rhodey because Tony is being such a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Rhodey, and it's kind of funny because at the end of, or in Iron Man, he has that that scene. Next where, time, yeah, next time, <laughs> and then you see the next time here, like he he actually puts on the armor um, to basically take Tony down when Tony's wearing his armor and, and while drunk. Yeah. Um, and then Rhodey just basically steals the armor and takes it back to the military. And uh, there's a line in here where Tony basically gives. Rhodey's superhero name to him. He says, you want to be War Machine? <laughs> and he just kind of comes up with that on his own. And then I like how like they, they do end up fighting side by side with each other. 
Um, After, of course, Rhodey tries to blow up Tony because he's being controlled by Whiplash, we'll talk about later. Yeah, exactly. So he's being, yeah, the armor is being controlled, but they, they free him from that and they're on the same side. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of, kind of assume this is intentional, but I don't really know. But, you know, the name of the movie is Iron Man 2. And mm-hmm. we really do have two Iron Men. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about Nick Fury a little bit. Well, actually, there's three Iron Men because Whiplash gets an Iron uh, pseudo uh, yeah that's true that's true he did but then again so did obadiah in the first movie so who, yeah, who knows yeah i don't i won't, I won't come back but uh, mm. um anyway i don't know in some of the posters for iron man 2 have like, iron man and war machine standing side by side so that kind of makes it a little more on the nose that iron man 2 may be not just the second movie of the series but also it's appropriately named because there are two, two iron men iron men in the movie and in the comic books like Rhodey eventually becomes like a separate character named Iron Machine, but he also took over as Iron Man uh, for Tony for a while when Tony was not able to be Iron Man. So another returning character in the movie is Nick Fury, who we've only seen briefly in the previous yes, one. But, but now he's actually in the movie. Yeah. So what do you think about Nick Fury in this movie? You, you can't not like Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury. It's just impossible. Yeah. He does a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, what do you think about his interactions with Tony? Uh, he basically says, okay, we know you're getting it, cut it out and just fix it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what he says in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's interesting. I, I hadn't really thought about it this way before until you just said that. But, you know, Tony, because he is Tony, because he is so self-centered, he has been working on this completely by himself and has not been able to figure it out. And McFerry basically comes in and says, look, we can help you. <laughs> this is not as hard as you're making it. And yeah. uh, and so once he kind of lends the support of Shield uh, in this community, then Tony uh, starts to have some success at, uh, mm-hmm. at figuring this stuff out. And one of the things that Nick tells him is that his dad, and the research that his dad had done, would help to provide the answer to what Tony is looking for, mm-hmm. and uh, which is a nice. Kind of, it's, it's kind of a filling in the gap between kind of the 1940s stuff that we watched with Agent Carter, mm-hmm. um, where Howard Stark is you know one of the founding members of the SSR, and, yeah. uh, and we we understand we know that that organization became Shield at some mm-hmm. point, and so apparently Howard kept his ties to the SSR and Shield at least up until the point where Nick Fury got involved with them. Mm. Uh, because they they apparently knew each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he showed because didn't Ant Man? He was like on the board in Shield at the That's, beginning. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember who all was in that scene. Um, I think Peggy. Right. I know. Yeah, Peggy was right. Um, and Howard might have been in there too. We'll find out for sure when we watch that movie again. We have uh, this kind of a little bit of continuity glitch thing that we have to discuss here because Tony tells Nick. At one point, he says, I told you that I don't want to be, I told you I don't want to join your super secret boy band, which implies that when Nick Fury told Tony about the Avengers initiative, that Tony told him, no, I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. Which which makes a lot of sense, right? Because that sounds like something that Tony would do. Like, why would I want to do this? I don't trust the government. I don't really trust anybody but myself. Um, But if that's true, if, if Tony turned him down, then what is the end of Incredible Hulk all about? Hmm. Maybe he's like, I don't want to join it, but here, I'll give you a big green guy to... Hmm. Hmm. 
Okay. So maybe he, uh, or maybe Nick Fury is like, okay, if you don't want to join, you don't have to, but help us get the Hulk or find the Hulk. Yeah, or- I mean, can you- okay, all right, I'll buy that. Yeah, because later on in this movie, Tony does kind of come around and he says, okay, maybe I will join you guys. And um, Nick Fury says, well, basically, we only want you as a consultant anyway. Yeah. So that could be kind of like what Tony was doing in Incredible Hulk was he was acting kind of more as a consultant. Yeah, maybe this movie actually takes place before Incredible Hulk. Interesting. Or at least before that last scene. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a good theory. I like that. Speaking of the Hulk, there was a, there was another line that Nick Fury says in this movie that I thought was a reference to Hulk at first until I remembered what it really was about. But at one point, he's arguing with Tony, and he says, I have bigger problems in the Southwest region to take care of. Yeah. And my immediate thought was, well, the Southwest United States, that's where the Hulk runs around, and that maybe he was referring to that. That's what I was thinking, too. But then, but then they come back to that at the end of the movie. Yeah, because Coulson, Agent Coulson, is assigned to kind of watch out over Tony and kind of keep yeah. him in line while Tony's doing his research. Um, and then at some point, Coulson is dispatched. Called out to... Was it Nevada? Nevada. Is right? it Nevada? Arizona? Somewhere down there. I think it's Nevada okay. in the next movie. All right. Um, this far, I don't remember. Yeah, you're probably right. But, uh, yeah, so we actually... The end credit scene in this movie is we find out where he went. And we, and we see him out in the desert, and there's a... Uh, he says something like, we found it. He's calling somebody back at headquarters. <laughs> this is They found it. And they show a hammer. Yeah, a big, giant hammer. Not a big, giant, just a hammer. Well. I mean, it, based on, like, how close we are to it, it is pretty big, but. <laughs> it's bigger. It's not like a hammer you'd buy on a hardware store. No. Yeah. Okay, any of the returning characters that you want to specifically mention? Uh, returning are there any other one? Uh, well, well, no, I mean, that's not a returning character. No, Happy is in it. He's he doesn't really play a huge role in this, and no. he really hasn't played a huge role in 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 the first Iron Man movie either. He, no, he's a little more important in Iron Man three, but um, and uh, Spider Man Homecoming. That's right. That's right. Uh, so yeah, he's basically just a sidekick. He doesn't have like a yeah a really fleshed out relationship with Tony like Pepper does. No. Um, and Coulson, I guess, but we, we kind of mentioned him. So yeah. I can't think of any other returning characters, but there's a few new characters that mm-hmm. we need to talk about. Um, and uh, I'll let you pick. I, who, who, who should we mention first? As a new um, let's do the other hero, I guess. Okay. Uh, and that's Black Widow. Yeah. So she's introduced as Natalie Rushman, mm-hmm. uh, who after Tony promotes Pepper to CEO, Tony needs a new personal assistant. Mm-hmm. And um, Natalie Rushman brings the documents for Tony to sign, which are, when he signs them, it will make Pepper CEO. And uh, he's kind of messing around with her. He puts her in the ring with Happy for sparring. Yeah. Finds out she he can kick Happy's butt pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, oh, I like her. <laughs> and he decides to make her his new personal assistant. And so he promotes her from the legal department to uh, um, to being his personal assistant. Uh, then she turns out to be a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Yeah, her real name is Natasha Romanoff. Um, and uh, do they actually say the name Black Widow in this movie? I don't think they do. Uh, I don't 
No, I don't know. She very clearly has the Black Widow costume. And she Uh, very clearly is Black Widow. Right. But yeah, I don't don't know if they say it. Yeah. Uh, But what do you think about her, and especially as uh, Scarlett Johansson playing her? Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anything else you want to say besides that, or is that good? That's good. We don't need anything else. <laughs> All right. I'll say a little bit more because she is one of my favorite Marvel characters mm-hmm. um, just because she is this spy um, in the comics. She was a bad guy at first. She was an Iron Man villain. I think that's how she was introduced. Really? I mean, she was a Soviet spy. And then I think she was like disavowed by the Soviet Union. She, she made some kind of decision that they didn't like. And so they basically kicked her out. And then she stayed in America and eventually became a good guy. She uh, dated... Uh, Daredevil for a while. I think she dated Hawkeye for a while. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I was, and I've always just like you know, I like spy characters anyway. And uh, so, and I like um, characters without superpowers, especially ones who can kind of hold their own next to characters who have superpowers. Yeah, and uh, she definitely fits that mold. And uh, and yeah, and Scarlett Johansson just plays her really well. Um, she's just kind of like got this dry sense of humor about her. Like she's not just cracking jokes all the time, but she is funny. Mm -hmm. Um, and just the choreography of the fighting moves that she has. Like, I just, I love anytime she like jumps up on somebody's head and wraps her legs around their neck and twists and throws them to the ground. It's just like like a moral combat move. It is. (laughs) It really is. She just is a force of nature. And I just, I really enjoy watching her fight. Um, and it's fun just to watch Tony like try to figure her out because she is so kind of mysterious. Like, um, you know, he, she just she doesn't really let him see like a lot of what she's thinking or what she's really doing. Um, mm-hmm. She's very efficient. She's good at her job, but he kind of wants to like mess around with her, like he messes around with Pepper. And where he's yeah. able to usually get a rise out of Pepper, he doesn't get anything back from Natalie. No, and uh, so that makes her a lot of fun too. All right, who else do you want to talk about? Uh, I guess Hammer. Okay, Justin Hammer. Um, what do you think about him? Basically, a worse Tony. All right. Essentially, yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's basically like charming, incredibly charming, but also incredibly slimy at the exact same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's charming, but kind of in a like a, a second rate kind of a way. It's like he wants to be Tony Stark, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, but everybody kind of knows that he's full of it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody like you know they respect him because he is rich, and 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 he is a weapons developer. Yeah, he is successful at his job. Um, well, not as much as Tony. No, but. no, but he is. You know, he gets all these government contracts. He's kind of a stepped into the space where, when Tony said, "I'm not making these, you know, military weapons anymore," Justin Hammer stepped in and said, "Okay, I will." And yeah. so he was kind of like the the second rate guy who's now the, the first rate guy because the actual first rate guy stepped aside and said, "I don't want to do this anymore." Yeah. Um, but he's yeah, he's just so full of himself. Um. But that's part of what makes it really fun to like watch him versus Tony. Like watch them get and into it. Versus anyone really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His relationship with uh, with Whiplash is really funny too. Like I don't yeah. know, Justin is just so just full of himself. And uh, but it, but because you know, like with Tony, Tony's full of himself. 
but he kind of back it up. Like he kind of deserves to be. Mm-hmm. And Justin Hammer, you kind of feel like he doesn't really deserve. He's not as good as he thinks he is. Whereas Tony is as good as he thinks he is. Yeah. Um, but that so that kind of makes Justin even funnier, um, but also sadder. <laughs> That's a good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> um. But so it's really fun to like see him put in his place, which happens a few times. Oh yeah. During the movie. Uh, <laughs> and watching Whiplash just like not take him seriously at all. No. <laughs> which it, it is hard to take him seriously. Right. <laughs> right. And that's, I feel that's intentional. Yeah. Because he's just not a serious person. Right. At the same but time. But not in the same way as Tony. Yeah. And even though it's like you don't really take him seriously, um, there's sometimes when you have to because he does have big guys who can hurt you if uh, you know if he wants them to. And so like there there comes points where he's like he's had it with Whiplash and he wants to threaten Whiplash, and you kind of feel like okay, if you cross Justin Hammer, you could get yourself into some serious trouble because he does have a lot of power. He does. Um, even though he's not all that, he's certainly not everything that he thinks that he is. He doesn't have true power. He has money power. Yeah, right, right. What's his superpower? He's rich. (laughs) Exactly. All right, so we've mentioned Whiplash a couple of times. Um, Character's name, real name is Ivan Vanko, um, played by Mickey Rourke, and uh, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, He is a good Iron Man villain. Okay. I, I like him. Why is that? Because he basically uses the Iron... Because it's interesting, because he uses the Iron Man technology, but he, instead of making a suit out of it, he makes, like, these super electrocharged whips mm-hmm. that can cut through almost anything. Yeah, so he puts his own spin on it. Mm-hmm. And he's just a really effective villain. Yeah. Because he has a good reason for being a villain... Mm-hmm. He's got a personal history with mm-hmm. Tony. And he's he's smart, and he also... Like, everything he does, he does for a purpose. Yeah. He's smart and serious, which is very different from most people in this movie. There's not a lot of seriousness going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are serious characters, but he just, just has a straight face for pretty much everything. and Yeah. He's very driven. Yeah. Yeah. I like seeing him and Hammer go at each other, basically. Yeah, exactly. About that bird. <laughs> but not just the bird, but also, like, when he keeps changing what he's making, he's like, <laughs> suits, now drones, now... Yeah. <laughs> Can make them salute. <laughs> salute. <laughs> not, uh, what does he say? Not presentation, demonstration. Or, or not, yeah. or sup- not demonstration, presentation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Justin gets just so upset and frustrated with him. Yeah. He keeps changing the plan. But then he turns turns around and becomes super vicious, and mm-hmm. you really realize how powerful he really is. Right, right. And so he's got this history, not really with Tony, but their their dads have history with each other. So mm-hmm. uh, Ivan Vanko's dad's name is Anton Vanko, who it's revealed in this movie used to work for Tony Stark or for Howard Stark. Um, and then kind of, I, I missed this when we watched agent Carter, but kind of found out after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but Anton Vanko is actually a, a character in one episode of 
the Agent Carter TV show. Yeah. And uh, you want to describe what happens in that scene or what that's about? Uh, I mean, he kind of helps him with a lead, but yeah, it's not very really. quick. Yeah, it's um, it's mostly just a cameo. Yeah, really, it's in the pilot episode, the first episode of the first season of Agent Carter, when there's a spit of technology they're trying to find out, uh, like where it came from, and uh, mm-hmm. Howard is fled the country he's undercover and so they go to stark industries um and uh um jasper jasper jarvis why did i say jasper jarvis introduces peggy to uh anton banco and he kind of just gives them some uh some clues about where this technology might have come from yeah and they just go from there but that was kind of cool that uh um that uh it's not that Agent Carter's planting a seed, but it's kind of building off of this uh, this backstory that was put in Iron Man 2. Yeah. There's uh, one other new character that I want to talk about, um, who is Senator Stern. <laughs> and uh, the only reason I want to talk about him is because he does come up in a couple, at least one other movie, if not more. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts on Senator Stern? Um, I guess the best word for him is douche. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he he's just really obnoxious, and like you can see why he and Justin Hammer are buddies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they both really think highly of themselves, and and but Stern is just like he he thinks he has all this power because he's a senator and he wants to kind of bully Tony into, uh, giving up the Iron Man armor. And, uh, he is just up against the wrong dude. I, I mean, I, I love that court scene because Tony, he's a, not taking anything seriously and right. B he's not taking anything seriously and has stuff to back his stuff up with. Right. While not taking anything seriously. <laughs> Yeah. Like hacking the computer and sh- <laughs> showing everyone where all the other Iron Man clones are at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful because Stern is trying all these just really nasty tricks that you you hear about or see. Like he's he's making Rhodey read like a paragraph from his you know whatever it is eighteen page report. And he, he tells Rhodey to read one paragraph out of context and he, and refuses to let Rhodey elaborate on it or explain, you know, the context of it. He just, he's trying to like railroad this hearing in the direction mm-hmm. that Stern wants it to go. And then Tony completely like usurps control over it and, and shows, you know, reveals the truth through it. Even though Stern is very much not about letting the truth be known. Everyone is, five to six years behind hammer industries, 20 years behind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love that clip of like the guy in the suit, (laughs) like the top half of the suit turns around 180 degrees. You know, it's got to have broken somebody's back and there's just hammer on the screen. Like saying, no, stop. Wait. And he's trying to turn it off himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a. He's great like, scene. "Hey, there you are on screen. You're on TV." <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, it's lovely. So the last thing before we kind of wrap up here is any other um, Marvel 
cinematic universe connections that uh, you can think of that we need to talk about. I think there's one big one that I... It's big, but it's very quick in the movie. Is it the shield? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which turns out not to be anything. Oh, no. I think Colton's like, is this what I think? He's like, no, it's a replica. <laughs> yeah, and I remember... Um, when uh well I, you know what it was i had forgotten this until just this very second but that shield is actually in the background of a scene in the first iron man movie and it really a lot of people just lost their minds over it they, they, they thought they had spotted this huge easter egg and that they were saying that tony had uh invented captain america's shield and with like and you know this was like the beginning of the connections and stuff um and so its appearance in this movie was was really the filmmaker's way of saying no. We just kind of stuck that in there. It doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> the only thing it's good for is propping up this other thing that we that I need to. Yeah, I'm gonna try to build a ranking of uh, of these movies because I think last time you mm. mentioned that uh, Incredible Hulk was like your favorite. It's one of my favorite Marvel movies. Okay. Um, so let's start ranking them. So out of, and we'll leave the the, the Angley's Hulk out of it because it's not really a part of. What about Angel Carter? Um, hmm. What, what do you think? You want to want to include it or not? We could have like a separate TV show ranking. Okay. Okay. Because we're gonna watch a few TV shows. Right. Um, okay. So let's do that. So. Out of the, we've seen um, Captain Iron America. Man, Captain America, The Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man Two. Okay, so can you rank those four? Uh, least favorite to favorite, or favorite to least favorite? Favorite to least favorite. This one's hard. Not the first one. Incredible Hulk is my favorite, but after that, I'm gonna. S- oh, it's hard. It's hard. No, all right. Incredible Hulk, Captain America, Iron Man, Iron Man Two, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's really hard to place Captain America and Iron Man. Because I like both those pretty much equally. Also, mm, I'm just going to stop trying to change it. because Think about it, because <laughs> I'm just going to be humming the entire time. Well, we can change it as we go as yeah. well. Um, I think I'm going to go First Avenger, Iron Man 2, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk. And I think the first Avenger I like just because it's World War Two, and, and, and I love Steve Rogers yeah. as a character. Um, I just think that movie is inspiring. And I'm just going to nudge Iron Man 2 above Iron Man because A, it's got Black Widow in it. Um, mm-hmm. But B, it uh, I, just, I like Whiplash better as a villain than I do... Um, Obadiah. Yeah. The only reason I have Iron Man above Iron Man 2 is because it's introduced me to Marvel. Yeah. It, it is a really great movie. And it is probably a better movie than Iron Man 2, just from a technical like standpoint. But um, but I still I just I like Iron Man 2 a little bit better. But I also, I do like Whiplash far more than Obadiah. Yeah. Maybe we should also rank villains. Should we do that too? Um, I don't want to get too unwieldy, but I don't know. I mean, we can if you want to. Why not? <laughs> All right. So we've got um, Obadiah, Whiplash, Red Skull, and Abomination. Okay. So how do you want to rank those? Uh, so my favorite is probably Whiplash at this point, 
then Red Skull, then Abomination, then Obadiah. Abomination. I'm going to call Red or Obadiah Ironmonger. That's the name he ends up with in the. Oh. Um, so I don't think I'm going to go. Um, hmm. I'm going to go Red Skull, uh, and then Whiplash, and then Ironmonger. Although the reason that put Ironmonger above Abomination is because I actually like Obadiah. <laughs> I do like Obadiah. I don't like Ironmonger, yeah. but I like Obadiah. Yeah, and I just I don't. We talked about in the Incredible Hulk episode. I don't really like the way that they made Abomination look. But I just like the character Abomination. Yeah, yeah, he is a good character. So, all right, cool. And then once we get some more TV shows, we'll uh, yeah, we'll rank those too. But right now, we only have Agent Carter. Okay, so. Yeah, from here, the next movie that came out was, uh, as hinted at in the post credit sequence, with, uh, oh. uh, yeah, the hammer, finding the hammer. Um, yeah. We'll find out more about that hammer. Drop the hammer. <laughs> Not Justin Hammer. No. Hammer Tech? No. <laughs> I, I like that part of the movie. Throws out the ex-wife and, and it just fails. <laughs> That's right. Hammer Tech? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that whole pitch uh, that Hammer was giving to Rhodey and the military guys was really funny. Because they were not impressed. No. All right, that sounds good. So uh, we will talk to everybody, um, I don't know, in a week or so. So what should people keep doing, David? Keep nerding them kids. Kids. <laughs>